1: Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing John Debevoy of bizsoup.com. That's B-I-Z-soup.com. John is a lifelong entrepreneur and businessman, started his first business at the age of eight. He went door to door selling Christmas decorations he made by hand during his Christmas vacations. And after that, he became an award-winning realtor running several real estate and development companies. Then he created the first paperless asset management for bank-owned real estate organizations. And then we're gonna talk about what he's doing now along with all of that. John, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Wow, I love to hear what I've done in the past, but that was so many years ago. And I appreciate the opportunity to be here
1: on the Shark Panure, Seth. Thank well, you. You're welcome. It's our pleasure. So let's go back in time. So let's see, uh, selling Christmas decorations door-to-door. I got to ask because I also started at the age of eight. What inspired you to make handmade Christmas decorations and sell them? I was ripped off by
2: my mother's Girl Scout troop. I was. Okay, made- that's not an answer we've ever gotten, so <laughs> tell me what that means. What that means was that my mother was the leader of a Girl Scout troop and she didn't like the door to door salesmanship of selling the innocuous Girl Scout stuff, and the cookies weren't as big back then, and she said, I can do better, and so she created a Christmas decoration or wrapping company down at the local drugstore that was supported by donations, and I was the one who was making all the Christmas bows, cranking them out by the dozens per minute, and I was given a Boy Scout pocket knife for my weeks of work, and I said, this is a ripoff. So the next year I went into competition with my mother's Girl Scout troop, wrapping presents and going door to door selling Christmas bows around the neighborhood that I grew up in. So that's how I started in Christmas decorations with the John Dibble Boys Bow Company.
1: That is awesome. All right, congratulations. You went from there to real estate and created the first paperless company for REOs. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm gonna jump ahead a few years. Well, that is a big jump.
2: In between that, I was a rodeo cowboy and horseman, and my mother got in in the way partway through my rodeo career, and I got my real estate license, and I learned quickly how to deal and negotiate in real estate, and as owning and operating a couple of real estate offices, part of the bread and butter that I had was dealing in bank foreclosures. And the problem was the banks hated us and we hated them and everybody was basing their decisions on lies. And I didn't like it that the fact that my agents were overstepping or glamorizing the position of the properties to get the listings. So I decided I would create an online Long before the Internet came along, I didn't even know what the World Wide Web was when I created this entity on a, oh, on a Dell uh, dual floppy drive uh, five and a quarter inch disk computer with utilizing Windows 3.1 to write my business plan. Oh, my God. I I look like the wizard behind the curtain uh, swapping out these five and a quarter inch floppies. And I created an environment that would allow the banks to own and operate their their properties, manage their properties in a paperless environment and they didn't have to talk to anybody. And that made them happy because they didn't have to talk to the real estate agents and we didn't have to talk to them. And I streamlined it such that Every agent and every service provider was playing by my rules, including one of the first online paperless contracts that the banking industry ever used, that if you're gonna make an offer, you had to make it on my paperwork, on my documents with digital signatures before the digital signature market came to life. And I learned from, well, going back even a little bit into that company, I for two years was mortgaging, borrowing from friends, family and fools everything I had to get this business launched. And I couldn't get in front of the people that I needed to sell until I tapped into somebody's Rolodex. And I met up with a guy who was a friend, personal golfing friend of a bank CEO, and he introduced me to his banks and suddenly I had a business And as we talked about out there at Freedom Fest during the Shark Sharkpreneur event there, the Rolodex can be just as valuable, if not more valuable than the angel's money. And that proved to be the case for me, was all of a sudden this Rolodex opened up, I had all these businesses, and then somebody came along that was a competitor and said, we like what you're doing, we'll buy it. And that was the worst decision of my life, was to sell that business which then became the standard for the way real estate foreclosures are handled in the, in the world of bank foreclosures. And I wished I had never sold it, but I didn't know what I had. Wow. And you know, that, was, uh, that was decades ago. And then it became an internet company. It became a, a great big standard. I'd never seen so much cash at one time in my life. Neither had my wife and we were living large after that and then i i just, my angel came to me and he said now that you have been successful in what you've done do for others that which i've done for you and i thought well what's the best way to teach people what not to do and i said well describe my story yep. and i believe you have a similar story as well and every turn every step i took in creating that asset management company. I took the wrong step. And who were my advisors? My attorney friends. And I got their advice by paying them. And then they'd go out to somebody like me and ask, hey, I got this client who's interested in taking his business to another level. What do you recommend I tell him? And so every time I took a turn, it cost me 500 bucks to talk to my attorney friend, who then called up somebody because he didn't know what to do. And What I did was I shared the information through my radio program, Business Soup Talk Radio, where I would share my tips, tools, and techniques, my successes, my failures, and surround myself with experts in every field, like yourself, And share that with my audience and give them the resources online to make their business better. And you know what, Seth? There isn't anything in our life that doesn't have a small business attached to it. Even the air we are breathing has a small business attached to it. So there isn't anything I can't talk about. And I have talked about a lot of
1: things and a few things I wish I hadn't. I can certainly relate to that. How long? When did you start the BizSoup Talk radio show? It was started in 1992. Okay, and tell us a little bit about that journey of the last 20 some years and, and, and more than that, and you know some of the ups and downs along the way. What do you like best about it? The best thing about Business Soup Talk Radio
2: are the people that I get to meet. The resources that it has given me to be able to talk to anybody about one thing that is always in, our, in, in, in front of us, and that's a business. You can't go anywhere without getting involved in business. I stay out of the business of politics. I stay out of politics, but I step into the business of politics because we elect these jokers, we wanna know what's going on. And it seems that small business is target number one for any type of legislation because we have the smallest, softest voice, yet we have the biggest engine. We're just, we have a lot more cylinders and we're, we don't have time to get involved in politics. And one of the things I learned in real estate was that if you're in business and you're not in politics, then you will be out of business because you're not in politics. And that just drove me nuts to have to get involved in politics to preserve my business. And what I've done with Business Soup with the resources is surround myself with expert from taxation to marketing, to politics. And I share that information. And one of the things that I've disliked about talk radio is that the host will throw out a comment. Well, what do you think about this? And those stimulate a reaction. There's two ways to get people to respond. There's an action and a reaction. A reaction is spontaneous and it's usually aggravated. I find it very difficult to do business with people that I've just alienated. (laughs) So my program is all about taking action. Nobody wakes up and says, you know what, I'm gonna go out and write a business plan today. Yahoo, you know, let's go out and do that. So a lot of times with these people that are on radio, they'll throw out a subject, what do you think about it? They stimulate a reaction and then it disappears. I like to close that circle or put the spokes in the wheel and complete the circle by giving them the resources. Go to the website, if you like what we're talking about, click on this, give us your zip code and you can send off to your political representative how you feel about this pro, this bill that is before the House and Senate, because my think tank has dissected it and told us what impact it's going to have on small business. Staying out of the left or the right, we don't go Democratic, Republican, or independent. It's, this is what it means to small business. Here's your opportunity to vote for it and send it to your representative. Close that circle, even give them the template to, say, you know what, I'll pick template number A, here's my digital signature, here's my zip code, it goes off. That will complete the circle, voice an opinion, as opposed to telling you, hey Seth, if you wanna get involved, write your Congressman a letter. Well, most people just aren't going to do that. Close the circle and you've got them. And then you can continue to communicate with them, as you well know, better than anybody that I've met on how to close that circle on marketing. So well, there's well, there's so many great things about Business Soup. It's a, a daily serving, and I love talking about it because it's all about helping small business.
1: Awesome, and as a small business, we certainly appreciate the work that you are doing. So 26 years of broadcasting Business Soup Talk Radio. What are some of the best, best advice you've received on air?
2: There is my favorite man from the tax code, and that is... How, you don't have to learn the tax code, you just have to know how to use it. And my favorite thing is being able to convert ordinary expenses to deductions, taking what you are doing at home and being able to make it a, a business expense, making your travel expenses, being able, knowing how to use the tax code to write off a vacation, how to use marketing such as a podcast, podcasting has become so popular that every business should have one. And it, what's happening now in marketing is that large marketing companies are paying attention to the podcasters because they have let the pirate radio guys do all the heavy lifting. And now they're looking at the podcasters and being able to say, you know what, there's a, there's a guy over there that's getting 10,000, 100,000 downloads that is that is a rifle shot for marketing as opposed to terrestrial radio where I've been for 20 years in three different syndicated programs talking about radio. It's, it's a guesswork when it comes to terrestrial, but the podcast, you have a rifle shot of marketing that you can go to your advertiser and say, hey, I had 10,000 downloads. If you didn't sell one item from that 10,000 people that's not my fault from distribution that's your fault for not having a call to action in marketing and as I talk about all the time on my program distribution is the most important part of a business because without it you've got nothing and the best so the getting back to your question about the best lesson there's so many good ones but learning how to use the tax code and showing my audience how you Everyone should have their own home-based business. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be anything, and I don't endorse any of it. I have horses and cattle. You may not want to be downwind of my home-based business after a rainy day, but I've converted a lot of my expenses, including my kids. I wrote them off as employees, and conveniently, their, their monthly expenses were right in line with their income and I made them pay their own bills, at least online. They didn't know how much money they had going through their account, but it established themselves as a banking, with a banking reference, and I wrote them off. So I wasn't motivated to have more kids as a result of it, but I wrote my kids off, as I say, for mostly, you know, they're, even what I did in an example, their orthodontics, I paid them a salary, they paid their orthodontics, I wrote their salary off.
1: So I indirectly wrote them off. Well, that is awesome. Congratulations. Very smart as well. You talked about the frustration you had with not realizing the business that you had and regretting having sold it many, many decades ago. Um, What were some, I find we learn more from other people's mistakes and how to avoid them than we do from some of the successes. What are some of the mistakes you've heard some of your guests share with you on air when you said, wow, that's really important to know about and to avoid?
2: One of the things that I've learned from entrepreneurs, particularly inventors, is that they are so protective of their idea that they will clutch it to their chest and they won't share their idea with anyone especially a someone who is going to invest in their company they want the money but they're not willing to give up anything for it, or even share the idea they just want you to loan the money to them and then they're going to go out and do great things with this invention and then if it's successful they're going to pay you back well i have seen some of those guys get buried in the ground with their with their so valuable invention clutched in their dead cold hands going in the ground with them the biggest mistake they make is they think that those investors that they are that people like you or me are trying to introduce them to are going to steal their business and i try to convince them no they're not in the business of stealing businesses they don't want your business they're not buying a job they're investing in you, not so much your your invention, your creation, your widget, gidget, or gadget, as I like to call them, but they're investing in you, your passion. Be passionate about what you're doing, share it with them, and they will help you get to the next level. They'll package you, send you on down, just like the folks that you were judging out at Shark Panure at the Freedom Fest. Those are people that realize that in order to get to the money that they need to get to the next level, they need to share their idea, their passion, get in front of people that have money, that however they came to be in possession of that money, they want to be a part of a game plan, a passion. They want to be part of it, but
1: they don't want to own it. That is great advice. Uh, For our folks listening and watching who are almost entirely entrepreneurs and small business owners, um, where is the best place for them to go to participate in BizSoup Talk Radio?
2: Well, my favorite website is spelled B-I-Z-S-O-U-P, bizsoup.com, where business comes for business.
1: Awesome. All right, John, we know your time is incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate your time and your expertise. Thanks so much for all you do with BizSoup. It's an inspiration to all of us here and we hope our listeners and followers will also check it out. John, thanks again for joining us. It's been
2: my pleasure, Seth.
0: This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC.